0: Go ahead and turn in your Bible. Remain seated for just a moment, but let me ask you to turn to 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter and uh, chapter 3. Again, remain seated. We'll stand in just a moment in honor of God's Word. We're going to do things a little differently here. Uh, typically, we have a lot more music and then the, the preaching message, but we're going to go ahead and have the message here in just a moment and uh, get right into God's Word, and then that way we can do the program all at the conclusion. I did want to mention a few prayer requests. Uh, Remember to pray for these. Uh, Drake Smith at OU Hospital, and then also Savannah uh, Magus. Uh, Little Savannah's, uh, I think, still at the hospital unless she got to go home yesterday. So pray, or today, pray for little Savannah. And then uh, Carolyn Loy's uh, husband, Jesse, is close to passing, so keep him in prayer. Miss Lou Coppock, um, long-time member here at Southwest. Uh, fell and broke her hip and had surgery. And so, pray for her recovery. She's 90 years old. So, if you'd pray for uh, Miss Lou. And then, Rachel Whitcomb, recovering after surgery. And then, uh, spoke with Miss Sharon Benamati just a moment ago. Her mother passed away. I want to make sure that you knew that so you could pray for the family. And uh, she's already been there with the family and made her way back. And then, two families to pray for related to the students of Heartland Baptist Bible College one would be Hannah. Uh, uh, Liz and her brother passed away unexpectedly and so she's on the traveling group so she's coming back from California even right now so if you would please just pray for Hannah she's actually a member at Maranatha Baptist Church in Newcastle but I assured her that we would be praying for her would you do that that would be a great help to that family and then uh, another student whose uh, mother passed away uh, down in Florida, Brad Allen, and spoke to him by phone and assured him we'd be praying for him. So let's pray for those as these young people are going through some very difficult circumstances, you know, related to their family members. And we love them and thus love their family as a result of that, of course. Um, just to mention this, I haven't, I haven't mentioned it along the way. Next Sunday all day... Uh, we'll have the privilege of having uh, Brother Ken Graham. And I don't know that everybody would know him, but he's a real delight. He and his wife travel. He sings. She sings and plays. They're, they're just a blessing. He pastored in Benton, Arkansas for many years, and now he's traveling around and preaching. I think you're going to really enjoy next Sunday. Every time I've heard him, I've just, my soul has benefited from what I heard preach, And so I look forward to hearing him preach next Sunday. All right, let's stand in honor of God's Word. We're going to be in 1 Peter and chapter number 3, First Peter and chapter number 3. I'd like to preach on our theme um, in conjunction with Bible School. I'll introduce the, theme, the title here in just a moment. First Peter chapter 3, we're just going to look at two verses. And primarily tonight, we're going to look at one verse. Um, and so that way, I'll be more inclined to keep it brief. <laughs> Somebody said, well, <laughs> that's a good response right there. I guarantee it. All right. So, um, what is it, Brother Sam used to say? Uh, I'm aware of the time, I'm just not concerned about it, right? Is that generally what he'd say? Okay. No, we're going to be mindful. Well, we've got another well right there, so that's good. All right, 1 Peter 3, verse 17. We're going to look primarily at 18, but please follow along. Uh, the Christians at this time that Peter was writing they were suffering because they were Christians being persecuted. You know, I mean, there are still persecuted peoples of the world, people in Myanmar that are persecuted and have to flee the country, go to Malaysia and other places like that, and have made their way even to the United States of America and other persecuted peoples of the world. Well, that's, that's what was going on at this time as Peter was writing. So verse 17, he says, for it is better if the will of God be so that we suffer for well-doing than for evil doing. Now, many of us suffered for evil doing in grade school. <laughs> right? And we deserved everything that was coming our way, no doubt, right? Peter says it's better that you suffer for well doing rather than evil doing. And then he uses this, what we might call the supreme example, that would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse, verse number 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins notice this the just for the unjust the just for the unjust we'll get into what that means in just a moment why did he do that quite simply here it is that he might bring us to God that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the spirit Dear Father, I pray you'd bless this message, this effort to make plain the greatest story ever told, to make plain the gospel. I pray for anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as Savior, that you'd help them this very night to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our title tonight, God's Path of Love. God's Path of Love. My wife and I... Uh, took a couple extra days in conjunction with our anniversary about a week ago while we were in Oregon. I was preaching up there and and so we tacked on a couple extra days just to stay there and and we went up to Crater Lake. If you're ever in southern Oregon, you got to see Crater Lake. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, 1,949, I think it is, feet deep. It's the deepest lake, you know, in America. So I mean, it's just, it's breathtaking. It truly is breathtaking. So on the way up there, an individual said, well, if you're going to Crater Lake, you, you might as well stop in at Mill Creek Falls. And so we were going to try to make a day of it. So he told us what exit to get off on. And, and then he also said this, and actually several people told us this, and you got to stop at Becky's Place. I think it's what it's called, or Becky's Cafe, Becky's Place. You can get some really good pies. So I'm instantly interested in all of the above. And so you'll be glad to know that we found both the waterfall and the pies. So anyways, it was, it was really good. Um, we'd heard enough from everybody we talked to in the church, you know, we were with them Sunday through Wednesday, that Crater Lake is beautiful and, and this falls is beautiful. And, and so they told us about it. They said, it's well marked. You're going to be able to find it. And, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, coming and going there. So you won't have any trouble. And, and so I'm thankful that they did that. Now, anybody that's been hiking, though, you know, I mean, our theme, you know, with uh, On the Path of God's Love is a hiking theme. And if you've been hiking, you know, it's e- real easy to get, get off the, the path. I remember the words of uh, Daniel Boone. He said, um, you know, he's part of my ancestry, right, from Kentucky. Now, I can't claim direct descendants there, but he said this, I've never been lost, but I will admit to being very confused for about two weeks. So, anyways. So, I've been on enough trails to kind of get turned around. Well, sure enough, as we got up there, that exit, just like he said, and then we found the place, and still a little bit, you're looking at the trailhead, looking at the map and, and trying to go about it, but a lot of people were going in, a lot of people were coming out, and, and so we had a lot of advantage to be able to see it, and it was. It was absolutely breathtaking. The reason I'm mentioning that tonight is our theme has been on the path of God's love, and more majestic, more beautiful than any waterfall or any lake in any place is the truth about God's salvation, the truth about God's salvation, and the truth about God's love. And and we we are so blessed by the love of God, kind of like the people that were blessed by seeing Crater Lake and seeing you know the the Mill Creek Falls and. Tasting the Huckleberry Pie at, at uh at the Becky's place, although that wasn't in season, we'll have to go back in September. Right? So, anyways, uh, as as wonderful as that was, and they were so excited about telling that, I'm I'm very excited tonight about to tell you the opportunity to tell you about God's love. And uh, Philip Bliss said this, he was writing a song about oh, how I love Jesus, and he said, You know, these words are true, yet I feel guilty to talk so much about my poor love for him, I wanna talk about his great love for us. And so he wrote these words, I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given, wonderful things in the Bible I see, this is the dearest, that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus, I feel like breaking into song right here, (laughs) that Jesus loves me, right? And so uh, I'm glad we could tell you about God's love and watch this, I'm glad the path to God's love is well-marked, yeah. it's well-marked. It's, it's not a confusing path, if you get on this path in God's word, you'll be able to, to find it. And so I wanna just walk through verse number 18. There are many verses in the Bible, like a John 3:16 16 and, and others, and like a John, uh, 1 Peter 3:18, that in one verse, if you just understood this one verse, it would make very plain and very clear what it means to know that God loves you, to know that your sins, watch this, are forgiven, and that you have a home in heaven. So what we're gonna do, we're just gonna walk through this verse and, and kind of break it down piece by piece, and then help, uh, hopefully help you understand what it means to be loved by God and to know his salvation. Look at verse number 18 again. It says, for Christ also hath once suffered. Let's stop right there. The first thing that you need to understand is who Christ is. The word Christ uh, means Messiah. It means the one that was promised by God. You see, way back even in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned against God, even then God promised to send the Savior. And throughout the whole Old Testament, you know, beginning in the book of Genesis, all the way through the end of what we call the Old Testament, before the Gospel of Matthew begins, the New Testament, all those preachers said, all those prophets said, He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And the last on that scene was John the Baptist, who said, He's here. And he said this, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And he was referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, and how he came to this earth as the Lamb of God to die for your sin and to die for my sin. Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. So when you read here, for Christ also uh, hath suffered once for us, then that's in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Jews became envious of Jesus. Jesus began his preaching up around the Sea of Galilee, and people were coming to hear hear him. Uh, They were coming to be healed of him and many of the the Jewish leaders became very envious because he was getting a lot more attention than what they were, and they were losing power, they were losing money. And so they said, we've got to do something about this Jesus. So they went to the Roman authorities, and they said, "Let's, let's do away with him. In fact, they called for him to be crucified. Roman crucifixion at that time was very cruel, and to this day is one of the most cruel forms of execution or death that a man has ever experienced. Jesus was not the first to have experienced crucifixion. In fact, beside Jesus, there were two men that were also being crucified. They were thieves and and had committed great crime. And so Jesus was not the first to be crucified, but I'd say to you this, his crucifixion was like none other. Like none other that had gone before it and like none other that would go behind it. The Bible says here that Christ also hath once suffered. Okay, okay. Can you put put it on pause on that word once just a minute? It's so good, I want to come back to it, all right? But first of all, let's deal with this. Christ suffered. He suffered. See, they they would, before they ever crucified a man, they would strip him of his garments, they would beat him with what was known as a cat of nine tails. They would take that whip, and a, and a, and a man that was highly trained in this would, would beat him and, and just basically lay his body open, the flesh and the, and the gruesomeness of it, the blood. I mean, there was a great amount of, of blood loss, uh, ex, ex, exhaustion, you know, by this time. And so then they would take them up that, that hill, and, and they would nail them to the cross, driving the nails into their hands and into their feet, and... And so then the idea is that they eventually would suffer and die by by suffocating because they would lift themselves up for a while and then not be able to hold themselves up. And so then they'd go back down. And so I submit to you tonight, folks, that Christ suffered. He suffered on that cross of Calvary. But I'm glad that the Bible tells us this. Look at it again. He suffered once. The idea is this, he suffered once and for all. He suffered. Now, why did he suffer? The Bible says that he suffered once for sins. Let's deal with this. What is sin? What is sin? Well, sin is the transgression of the law. It means that you've broken God's laws. It means you've broken the law. Well, you might say, I already told you it's God's law, but you might say, well, what law? The speeding law? How many? Oh, never mind. (laughs) I remember one time I got pulled over, and the officer came up, and he, he got my license, and he looked at my license, and he looked, and he saw 600 North Sweetgum, and I was at about 580 Sweetgum as he had pulled us over. He looked at my license and looked up at my house, and he said, you almost got home, didn't you? I said, yes, sir. I almost got home. You know? I'd broken the law, you know, and so he's right to pull me over. What law are we talking about tonight? We're talking about God's law. You see, if you uh, did a summary of God's law, you could, you could talk about the Ten Commandments. Uh, Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not lie. I went over this in class. I had the privilege to teach sixth grade boys, and I, I said, okay, let's, uh, let's think about the law. The law was given, not that we would try to keep the law in order to be right with God, but the law was given to show that all sin and come short of the glory of God. Have you ever told a lie? And those boys said, yes. Have you ever stolen something? And they said, yes. I didn't ask what, but they said, Yes. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? They said, yes. Have you ever looked at someone even with lust in your heart for them? And they said, yes. And then I said, then you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer. And the boy on the front row said, ooh, that's kind of rough. Yeah. But you know, truly, it's right. We've lied, we've stolen, we've taken God's name in vain. We've looked at someone with lust. And that puts, that's only four Of the ten. I remember asking a group of soldiers that, do you want me to keep going? They said, no, sir. We've broken God's law. Broken God's law. I remember a few years ago, well, several years ago, uh, Trevor and Trenton were real little, our our two youngest. And and, uh, I was on the first floor and I heard feet running up on the second floor. And I knew whose feet those were. And I went up there and we've taught the boys, you know, don't run in church. We don't knock somebody over. And I went up there and I said, boys, where are you running? Trevor said, <laughs> <laughs> basically indicating, <laughs> I'm probably embarrassing the fire out of them right now. They're teenagers and such, but <laughs> he knew he was in trouble. I said, Trenton, where are you running? And here's what he said. Let me think about that. <laughs> Took him in the office. He sat in the chair in front of me in the pastor's office, you know, and, and uh, I'm doubling his dad and pastor right here and, and I said, Trenton, have you, have you, were you running? He said, again, a second time, let me think about it. I kid you not, three times. He said, let me think about that. Let me ask you tonight. Have you ever broken God's laws? You, if you say, let me think about that. That's fine. Take your time. Think about it. I think you'll come to this conclusion. Yes, I have broken God's laws. If we took your life and we took God's laws, would you be considered innocent or guilty guilty I'd have to say guilty and I heard others say guilty so then what will you do what will you do then what will you do about your guilty verdict what will you do well I'll do better I'll stop sinning <laughs> whoo <laughs> try that a while right we added it up in class We add it up this way. If you sin just five times a day, how many say, you know, I think I probably sin more than that. But let's just say you sin just five times a day. That's 1,825 times a year. If you live to be 80, if you live to be 80, that's 146,000 sins. That's a lot of sin. What are you going to do about all that? We've already... Confess to being guilty, what are you going to do to all that? How are you going to pay for all that? How righteous do you have to be to go to heaven? Listen to this. How righteous do you have to be to go to heaven? As righteous as God himself. How many of you say, I'm coming up short of that? This this week with the boys, I said, all right, imagine you're on one side of the Grand Canyon. And you're trying to jump to the other side of the Grand Canyon. I mean, for that matter, let's see if you could jump from this side of the balcony to that side of the balcony, let alone, right? So I said, all right, what if you take a real good run at it? You know, at, at, its, closest, at its closest point, it's 600 feet across. You get out in other parts, it's 10 miles across, and then it's 18 miles across. You say, I'll take that 600, miles, uh, 600 feet across. It doesn't matter how far it is. And if you're a great athlete, you take a real good run at it, you're going to come short you're gonna come short. Well, the Bible says this, all have sinned and come short, and come short, and come short of the glory of God. But, and the, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the Bible says here, for Christ suffered once for sins, but listen, not for his own sins. If we took the same law of God that we were talking about a few moments ago and we compared the life of Jesus Christ, he never lied, he never stole, he never blasphemed, he never committed adultery, he never broke any of the Ten Commandments, and yet he died. Let me, let me ask you this tonight. If the wages of sin is death, then who should have died? We should have died. But who died? He died. Watch this, the just, that means righteous, holy, blameless, the just for the unjust. You know what that means? He paid a price you could not pay unless you spend all eternity apart from God. But you'll be glad tonight to know that he died the just for the unjust. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Look at the next part of the verse. That he might what? Bring us to God. That he might bring us to God. You know, I, I like it when, uh, whenever maybe I'm somewhere and I'm asking somebody directions and I, like, I don't mind it when they say, well, you just go up here and you turn right by that and then you turn left by this, and you turn, I get lost. You know what I like? I like it when they say this. Hey, won't you come with me? I'll show you. I'll, I'll take you. Okay, I'll take you. The Bible says he, Christ came and suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us To God. Listen, friend, in him is no sin, but he became sin for you that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Oh, let me tell you the good news right here. Yes, he was crucified and he was buried, but thank God tonight, he came forth from the grave alive on that Sunday morning, and he's alive to save anybody here tonight that would recognize, yes, I'm a sinner, and there's nothing I can do to save myself, but I'll trust Jesus to be my Savior. Listen, friend, he'll save you just like he saved everybody that's saved here tonight. The just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. Just at a funeral on on Monday there at that graveside, and But I I tell you, even though there were tears there, we weren't sorrowing as those that had no hope because we knew that our beloved brother had already gone home to be with heaven, in heaven with the Lord. You know why? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Tonight, you need to realize that at some point in time in your life, you're going to stand before God and you will either stand there, young people, boys and girls, teenagers, adults, you either stand there in your sin, guilty, or if you trust what he did for you on Calvary, in the gospel, then here's what happens. A great gift is given to you, one that you could never earn, the gift of being right with God through Jesus Christ. Watch this. His righteousness is put to your account and you get into heaven, not based on who you are, but based on who he is and what he did. I told the boys, I uh, went, you know, oftentimes we get on to Tinker Air Force Base. We have people that visit, you know, that are airmen and We get onto the base, but the time that I was making a visit, the first time I think it was, a man named Matt Birkinshaw was a member here at Southwest, and he was an airman, and and I was was in the car with him. We came to that, one of those gates there in uh, Dell City and and, uh, at the Tinker Air Force Base, and and, a young man came to the door, looked at at, uh, who he was, and stood at attention. Opened up the gate, And we got in. I tell you what, we didn't get in because I was a preacher. We didn't get in because of who I was. We got in because of who he was. If you go to heaven, friend, it's not because of who you are. You can only get in there based on who Jesus is. And I'm glad I can say I'm with him, or rather, I'm glad to say this, he's with me. (laughs) It's wonderful. For Christ suffered also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Let me ask you tonight, if you died tonight, do you know for sure you'd be considered innocent because you've trusted Jesus as your Savior? Tonight can be the opportunity for you to experience the love of God in in salvation that is in Christ Jesus and in Him alone. Thank God he suffered for us. The just for the unjust. Let's stand together here tonight. I appreciate the way that you've listened. I want to ask you just to consider just just once more. If tonight you know for sure that you've been forgiven of your sin, you've been saved, you've trusted Jesus as your personal savior, you'd be considered innocent not because of your righteousness, but because of his could you raise your hand to that tonight? Yes, I know Him as my Savior. Praise the Lord tonight. Thank you. you may put your hand down. I wonder if there's anyone here, though they couldn't raise their hand, and they'd say, you know, you'd say, I'm concerned about that. I don't know for sure. If Jesus tarries His coming, every one of us will face the day of our passing, the day of our death. You need to be ready for that ahead of time. And there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here that would raise your hand and say, preacher, pray for me? I don't know for sure. I don't know. Thank you, dear lady. I appreciate that. Who else tonight? Anybody else? Well, I'll wait just a moment. I don't, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I am concerned about it. Would you raise your hand? I'm looking around all the auditorium here for a few moments and just looking for hands being raised. Yes, thank you. I see another hand there. I see some young hands being raised. I, I'm glad for that. I know God speaks to young people, speaks to children, but you may not know for sure. And we sure want you to talk to your parents or talk to someone here tonight that you might know for sure. Is there anybody else while I wait just a moment? Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. There's going to be men here and ladies here that have a Bible, and they would love the opportunity to take you. Just, we have some rooms here to the side where you can sit down and somebody can explain to you how you can know for sure that your sins are forgiven and that heaven is your home because Jesus, He wants to be your Savior. I'm going to lead us in prayer, and then as soon as I conclude the prayer, the music's going to begin, and you're invited to come forward here tonight to talk to someone about being saved. If you're already saved and you'd like to come, certainly. Maybe you just want to come and thank the Lord for the opportunity to know His love and to be on that path. Father, I sure want to thank you tonight. pray that you bless the invitation now in Jesus' name.